Watermaster Studio presents Brushing Up, a miniature painting and tabletop gaming podcast. Welcome to Brushing Up, the miniature painting and tabletop gaming podcast, where I, Dan the Quartermaster, talk with hobby industry professionals, community leaders and volunteers, as well as content creators about their experiences in the hobby. On this episode, my guest is a man whose YouTube painting tutorials have helped miniature painters the world over improve their painting skills. It's none other than Mr. Two Thin Coats himself, Duncan Rhodes from the Duncan Rhodes Painting Academy. I caught up with Duncan a couple of weeks ago to talk with him about his experiences in the hobby, as well as the work that he and his partner Roger do at the Painting Academy. And joining me remotely uh, in the studio is Duncan Rhodes from the Duncan Rhodes Painting Academy. Duncan, welcome to the show. Hello, thanks very much. Nice to be here. Uh, pleasure having you. How's your day been so far? Oh, uh, busy. Doing lots of stuff in the background. Lots of lots of piecing things together and also doing doing some scripting. I'm currently halfway through my plan for painting Bellacore the Dark Master, which is very exciting. Oh, that's mm. a bit of a tease there. Mm -hmm. um, now, before we talk about the Painting Academy, I do have mm -hmm. my obligatory hobby questions that, by hobby law, I'm required to ask every guest on this show. <laughs> of course. So let's let's get that, that red tape out of the way. Um, mm -hmm. First of all, how did you get into the hobby? Um, well, I kind of stumbled into it in a hobby shop because uh, when I was younger, I used to be into building model kits, you know, airplanes mm -hmm. and things like that. My parents yep. got me a big set of Airfix kits for Christmas, and I just liked making stuff. You know, I was into Lego and things like that. But building mm -hmm. models and stuff, I just really enjoyed it. Um, then I started getting influenced by Star Wars. You know, I finally watched Star Wars, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. And I saw <laughs> there were Star Wars model kits, and I was like, wow, that's even more amazing. Yeah. Um, and so one day I was in this model shop um, in this little town called Ashby de la Zouche, which is in Derbyshire. Okay. And, um, looking at model kits and things. And they had a little stand with um, Warhammer leaflets on it, um, you know, Games Workshop ones. And what it was, was a little booklet that was made from, you know how in the core box games you get a little how-to-play guide? Yes. Very simple, like little guide. It was yep. it was essentially that for Warhammer Fantasy 5th edition and 40k 2nd edition kind of put together into one little booklet. And uh, All right. Yeah, seeing Space Marines blew my mind because I was like, they look like Darth Vader and a Stormtrooper combined, and both yes, those things do. are awesome. So. They certainly are, yeah. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Yeah, so I saw that and um, I was just fascinated by the idea that you could have these made-up worlds and a game involving all your models because I don't see anyone gaming with these things. I just build them and mm. you know, hang up from the ceiling and stuff. Um, so the next weekend, my dad took me into Games Workshop Derby because he knew there was one there oh, and yeah. um, bought me a box of Space Marines and um, a fine detail brush and a pot of Skull White and a pot of Chaos Black and off I went. Um, and I've been into the hobby some degree or other ever since then. So I wonder sometimes my parents really re reflect back on that moment and wonder <laughs> what, what sort of path did we send him down when we introduced him to toy soldiers? <laughs> I'm sure your parents aren't alone in that. I'm sure my parents think the same as well. Mm -hmm. but anyway, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it might be a, a mute question, the next one, but do you see yourself more as like a painter, miniature builder or a gamer? If you had to put yourself in one of those two camps, where would you be? Well, that was an interesting question, that, because that's a kind of, um, so 
through uh, in games workshop training they tell you about to remember it's not your hobby it's mm. like their hobby right and this gets you thinking yep. of things like everyone's actually different in this sort of thing of um, course i find it fascinating seeing it's almost like a, a diagram you can plot where people sit on these things mm. um, so like my, i've got a friend for example who's all into the law and loves the game but doesn't like painting so people move around all over the place and it's always yep. worth remembering as well when you're interacting with people that everyone's different and everyone's right in their own way for what they like now for me um unsurprisingly painting is kind of like the main thing of my hobby uh, that's what yep. i spend most of my time doing i just really enjoy it not for competition purposes or anything like that i just like the process of doing it and i like assembling the model army and you know seeing it all displayed together um and i enjoy building the models for that as well um for like character models and stuff like that maybe for like mass amounts of things where i gotta put those together that's a bit tedious yeah um but for gaming i'm um i do like gaming but i'm very much a sort of casual or narrative gamer i'm not a competitive gamer in any any way yeah um, i kind of i went through a phase where i was learning to play competitively and i found i just didn't really enjoy it it didn't inspire me that much so um, mm. i sort of like moved back to what i like and i found that the way i like gaming the most is um like uh, the the ideal situation for me is i've got a group of friends we all discover a thing together we all go, that's awesome, let's collect armies for that. And then we all kind of build up the armies together. And then when we start playing to make a campaign out of it, that's like the holy you know, way I like to um, indulge in the hobby. Yeah, so, sounds like yeah, lots of fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, that lead, the best gaming experience I had was playing a Warhammer Fantasy campaign um, back yeah. in 8th edition. There was an expansion called Blood in the Badlands. And, oh yeah um, yeah we used that and we used the mighty empire's hex tiles that are around at the time and i made a big 3d map with like mountains and wow. forests and stuff on it and that was um the most enjoyable gaming experience we ran it over a year with each month having a turn on the campaign map and okay. the adventures and stories that came out of that was so much fun so that's the, the that's for me that's the the standard so it's all the hobby and stuff is what i spend most of my time doing but it's ideally to build towards that kind of narrative experience with friends yeah, I, I did so. did a similar thing with um my old um back in my gw days um oh. with uh, my fellow store guys we did a joint battlefleet gothic and one forty thousand campaign Oh, that's the dream Using, right there. Yeah, yeah. planetary empire tiles to represent different planets. <laughs> yeah. So we were, it was like a doubles tournament. So there was like your your land general who had a, a Warhammer forty thousand army, mm -hmm. and then your your admiral who had the fleet. Mm -hmm. So it was just sort of a mix of of space battles and land battles, which was yes. really really fun. Yeah, uh, man. That's the that's the way to do it. We did we did a um, a campaign like that for Horus Heresy. Oh wow! Yeah, but what what we did was um, so we had a galaxy map that rather than having the tiles, we just had like little half um, bead things that you can get like sticker ones, and we kind of stuck that onto this big corkboard mm. um, display board thing, and we did kind of lanes connecting them, so it was like a galaxy map, and you could go from system to system, and everyone yeah. was. And we all started in the bottom left-hand corner of the map in the first few turns of the campaign and kind of worked our way outwards, taking over territory. Oh, and the idea cool. was we were all on the Great Crusade. Um, now, after a certain amount of turns, the um, the player who had the most victory points that they'd acquired over all the games they played became yeah. declared the War Master and oh, then fought wow. to chaos. Yeah. And then we played little mini games for them trying to corrupt other players. So it would be like, you know, playing poker with somebody. And if they beat them, they could draw corrupt them to chaos and stuff. It like little mini games. Oh. Um, so Gulliman became the arch traitor. Um, <laughs> and he seduced me. And I was playing Sons of Horus. And um, one of the other guys in the group who was playing as the World Eaters. So it turned out it was the Ultramarines with the World, World Eaters and Sons of Horus against the Raven Guard and the Dark Angels. Um, 
And uh, yeah, then we had our big civil war and stuff, and it was lots of fun because the, the Ultramarine player fully indulged in the being super evil. So he'd insist on having a big skull thrown for his commander when he was on the battlefield and stuff like this. Oh, wow. And um, in that campaign, we had a, like like you were describing, we used different game systems. So Battlefield Gothic was an option, so you could do space battles if you wanted to. Yeah. We also had a space hawk that would randomly move around the map. And if you moved one of your ships into contact with it and boarded it, you could then play space hawk with whatever your legion had available. So we'd get wow. some random terminators, make up rules. And if you won the space hawk mission, you got a cool relic and stuff. So, oh, sounds amazing. That was so much fun. Oh, man, I want to do a game like that again. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it definitely, definitely takes me back down memory lane as well. But um, <laughs> I, I guess the follow-up question there is it sounds like you're a bit more of a gamer than a miniature builder, contrary to you know, <laughs> popular belief. But um, I, Yeah, I guess you could say that. More of a painter first, but when it comes to building, I think I'm more on the gaming side rather than building. Okay, well, well I'll, fire, I'll, I'll unload both barrels of this shotgun and um, ask you what is your favourite game to play or if there's <laughs> any game at the moment that you're playing that's really piqued your interest. And mm -hmm. besides Bellaclaw, on the professional painting table what's on the personal painting table for you okay so i should say all right so first of all my favorite game to play um mm -hmm. i have loads of games that i really like playing um so yep. it's quite a good choice um so i think um people would expect me to talk about games workshop first so i will i think my favorite game from games workshop things is adeptus titanicus um, okay which is a really wonderful game for anyone who's not played it. It's um, It fits into my attitude of narrative gaming, very much so, because mm. you find that um, as your Titans take hits, you get kind of, um, as you go through the damage sequence, it creates a narrative, so you can sort of, you understand what the shot's done, what impact it's had, and then what effect it has on your Titan, especially when it starts to overheat and stuff, and you're having oh, wow. to allocate your crew to try and fix things. Um, so... That's a really fun game, especially when things like Titans fall over or they punch each other and it, one of them gets turned. You know, they can only turn so much every turn. So if you get like knocked over and suddenly you can't see what you're going to shoot at. So it, oh, no, it's no. really, really fun. Um, and it, like, don't be dissuaded by it. I mean, the Titans are expensive, but a, an actual army for the game is about um, like an average army would be a Warlord Titan, a Reaver Titan and a pair of Warhound Titans. And that's okay. it. So, so it's, it's not a massive collection. No, not really. It's more of a skirmish game, I would say, mm. but with um, each model is almost like a battleship in that you're managing individual systems on it. So there's a lot to, there's a lot of gritty detail to get into. Oh, um, cool. But it's really, really fun. It's really fun. I got to enjoy the playtesting of it, so I got to see it developing and things. It kind of gave me a real abiding love for that game system. Wow. So, yeah, so so that's one that's a pick. Um, but I think um, outside of that, might be a surprise to people, I actually my favourite game to play yep. is A Song of Ice and Fire by Call Mini or Not. Well, we're yeah. all big Game of Thrones fans. So. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. so this is a game that I kind of encountered by accident and I sort of picked it up on a bit of a whim because I saw the Lannister troops and I really liked the look of them. They do look cool. Uh, they are really cool. They're lovely models. And yeah. um, I, I was a bit wary because it's soft plastic with hard plastic weapons. The weapons don't bend and things, but the actual miniature soft plastic. Mm. Uh, so they're not the top tier plastic miniatures you're going to get. They're still very good. Don't don't um, uh, get me wrong. They're still lovely yeah. Um, they're not the same details as Games Workshop, but they're still very nice. Um, but yeah, I painted my Lannister army, I painted the Stark army, so everything inside the box set, and I set it all up and had a game, and I was, I was actually sort of quite taken aback, uh, because it's actually a really, really cleverly designed game. Mm. You essentially have, um, your units are always like a fixed certain amount, um, but they can be attacked through wounds, of course, but um, they can also be attacked through their morale. And okay. you have kind of 
tricks that they can do, not necessarily just on the battlefield, but around it to get that feel. So when it comes to, um, this is the thing that really hit me that I actually really liked, right? So there's a sideboard that's called a tactics board, which represents the Game of Thrones being played. And what you do on that can affect what happens on the battlefield. With oh, effects, right. For example, um, you take the, um, the crown space, which allows you to pick an enemy unit and force them to take a morale check. And the, the story reasoning for it is, um, a powerful noble is threatening the families of the people who are in that unit, getting them to abandon their general. And like, wow, it's very, it's like um, Wars of the Roses kind of stuff, or yeah, um, or Japan for feudal Japan, the Sengoku Jedi, where they have all the clans against each other and they all betray each other and stuff. It all suddenly right. feels like that. So you have that, and that's cool. Then you have some cards which allow you to do special things based upon the house you're playing. Then you realize that some houses are better at different aspects of the game. So with the Lannisters. They're actually better with their cards and this tactics board than they are on the battlefield, whereas the Starks are better on the battlefield, which is exactly what you'd expect when it comes to this universe. So suddenly you're playing like your house. Like if you're playing a Lannister, you're doing really dirty tricks. <laughs> uh, so if anyone's ever played Magic the Gathering, if you're a Stark, you're um, white. If you're a Lannister, you're blue. In okay. that you're doing all sorts of horrible things to the opponent and wrecking their plans and stuff all the way through. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, I, I experienced this and I was like, this is actually really cool. And then I started trying out different factions and every one of them plays in a distinct way that's unique to them, but it fits in with that core system. So it's a very simple system to learn. It's very, it's very like, dynamic, but then there's always layers of strategy behind it. And best of all, it doesn't require many, a million miniatures to play it. So um, your average army is going to be something like um, four, four or five units on the battlefield, which you'll mm. is about 12 for infantry, it's 12 figures for cavalry, it's four, and then you'll have two or three um, political characters for the tactics board. So, um, you can buy one box and you've got an entire army in it, and you're all set to go. So, it's nice and easy to get into. It's all self enclosed, it's just it's just really good, it's really, really cool. And yeah. I always find myself rambling about it like I'm doing no. here because I just think it's a, it's a great product, and you know, more people need to know about it, I think. Yeah, it, it, I've seen it being played in uh, a couple of um, gaming stores uh, in London back before the um, the lockdowns came into play. Mm. Um, it just looks really cool and really fun. And um, yeah, definitely would be keen to give it a go myself. But uh, alas, yeah, you know, the restrictions. Yeah, yeah hopefully once uh, things are normal. I can't wait to go to a tournament or anything for it. Yeah, yeah. I've got myself booked in for a tournament in September. So fingers crossed. Um, mm. That's for old Warhammer Fantasy Battles. So yeah. Uh, Giving, getting back into that, which is going to be fun, having to dust off some models. and <laughs> Warhammer Fantasy, oh man, I'd love to have another crack at playing Warhammer Fantasy. It's been so long since I played it now. Uh, like if it would all come flooding back or not. <laughs> well, well we, we, we shall see. Um, but yes, on, on my painting table, I'm having to uh, get my Tomb Kings ready for war again. But uh, what's, what's on your personal hobby table at the moment? Um, on my table is, um, so I've actually got a few things. Um, I've got a Flames of War army. So remember earlier cool. I mentioned I like these projects where a group of friends all build up something together. Mm -hmm. um, that happened when we saw the lockdown measures were lightning. A group of friends and I, we all decided that we wanted to try something new. Um, yep. We threw around some ideas. One of the guys really wanted to do World War II. Another yep. one wanted to try Depths Titanicus. And so we kind of put those together with small-scale World War II. So we all thought we'd give Flames of War a try. So yeah. um, I, one of them is doing British, the other is doing Italians, and I'm doing Germans for it. So I'm doing the Africa Corps. So at the moment, I've got an Africa Corps army on the way. Um, cool. 
I've also um, quite randomly dug out some old miniatures from an old game called Confrontation that I'm just painting just for a bit of fun. Yeah. Um, and um, tomorrow, House Greyjoy comes out for Ice and Fire. So Ooh. I'm super keen on getting that box and having a go with him. Oh, that'd be cool. I've always yeah. got so many things on my desk to do. Um, I have some Night's Watch I need to finish off, actually. I've got some Elder Scrolls model I need to finish off over there. Yeah. yeah some, um, some Storm Crows. So, yeah, plenty going. But the priority right now is my Flames of War army. Um, yeah. And try not to be distracted by anything. That new Warmaster Titan keeps catching my eye. <laughs> <laughs> it's looking that you're funny. Uh, yeah, I, I'm an awful hobby butterfly, man. I really am. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I suffer from that a bit too, but uh, mm -hmm. trying mm -hmm. to keep focus. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we should probably get mm -hmm. down to the brass sacks and talk about the Duncan Rhodes Painting Academy. Ah, um, yes. It is the content that's being produced by, by both you and Roger is just sensational. Uh, if I can, yeah, uh, that's just my feedback. <laughs> um, I've been using your painting tutorials for so long, um, back when you were doing them for Games Workshop and even now with the Painting Academy as well. But it'd be really great to find out a bit more maybe behind the scenes about the process that goes into it all. Mm. So let's start at the beginning. How did the, the Duncan Rhodes Painting Academy start? How long has it been running for? And, and what, what's it all about? What are the features on uh in the academy for miniature painters out there okay so um so the academy started um a little over a year ago now we actually um we uh it's a, it's a full company i'm full grown up with a business now <laughs> um, we uh so we founded the company um right after uh shortly after i left games workshop so roger and i did we did it together so we're, we're joint owners of it yeah. um the reason why I wanted to do it is because we've often talked for years about, um, you know, like what, there's so much hobby out there and there's so many things we'd love to be able to show people. And mm. Roger specifically always had a dream of owning a business and always wanted to, like, he always wishes he could have done something like that because back when he was younger in South Africa, it's what he wanted to do, but he was never able to actually make a good start with it. Mm. Um, and the, the conversation would often come up and we eventually got to the point where we thought, well, we've got this, um, this platform and we've been very lucky to be in the right position to do it. And we've worked very hard at building it up as good as we can. And um, if we wanted to do it, we were in the ideal place to do it because we'd also got some money in the bank. Um, and we had the um, the know-how, we had the reputation. So all these kind of pieces were in alignment for it. Mm -hmm. And we came to the conclusion that if we didn't do it, then we'd always be wondering if we could have done it. Um, yeah. We knew that it, it might not have worked. We knew that people might not have signed up and we might have like, it, just not made enough money to keep going, in which yeah. case, it's kind of like right back to finding a job and, uh, you know, carrying on that way, I guess. But um, we wanted to go for it. Um, so we decided to. So uh, it was quite a big moment. I can remember when we both, when we were talking with each other and we were like, shall we do this? Yeah. Yeah, let's do this. And like the so, Helm and Louise moment, was it? it? Yeah, it was. It was. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like, you know, we, we talk about it like some ideas and things. But when it became real was when we left Games Workshop. Um, yeah. And that's when, um, you know, because everything was talk up until that point. But once we'd left, that's when it was like, right, time to actually put the money down now, time to actually do this. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we set it up. Um, we spent a few months building it, um, building the website and learning what to do and buying our equipment and planning our new method of doing shots and our schedules and all this sort of stuff. Um, then on, I think it was the end of February, we put our first video, which was a sister of battle painting video and kind of announced, Hey everyone, this is what we're doing. Um, and then we opened the website in, um, March. So yeah, a bit over a year that we've been actually running the website now. And, um, the response was, 
um, greater than we ever could have hoped for. Um, people were really, really supportive of it. Um, and it was just incredible. And I don't think I'll ever be able to quite express to um, the world out there of how thankful I am that uh, they are willing to back what we do and um, enjoy it uh, because we love doing it. Mm. And it's, it's magic to be able to do it for a living um, in this way for ourselves and be able to go wherever we want with it. Yeah. So, um, um, so uh, to answer the other part of that question, what does it feature? Um, the features, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so, um, so the uh, the the academy is a membership-based website, um, mm -hmm. and when you join, you get access to this archive of painting tutorial video, which is um, designed to be kind of um, self-referential in a way, I should imagine. So. Um, what we're doing is building up a set of techniques that explain all the various different techniques that we use that are out there and things. And it's those that we use in the painting videos to paint these models as almost kind of case studies. Mm. So if you just want to know how to paint a, um, I don't know, a war machine war jack, for example, yeah. um, or like we've got a Slayer Helljack from the Crix faction there. If you okay. want to specifically know how to paint that, we've got a video that walks through the whole process. But if you want to learn how to paint these things, then we've got videos that we're building out. That's why it's you know, still work in progress because there's a lot of work to do. Um, yeah. We've got lots of techniques videos already that explain this is applying transfers. This is how you do it. And it goes into detail explaining it and kind of the ins and outs, what can go wrong, where you can take it, you want to get a bit further, that sort of thing. Mm. Now, all of it is, um, all of what we put in as um, higher quality visuals and tuition as we possibly can. So we've got the all the years of experience that we've been doing this. So Roger and I have been working on this kind of thing for about, around about 10 years now. And we've mm. taken all of that and we're using it to make as high a standard content as we possibly can. Um, so if anyone out there is um, wanting to improve their painting ability or they've been disappointed about things and want to try, you know, want to learn in a more structured way, then that's essentially what we're providing. Um, yeah, and you know, in an ideal world, we just would have carried on doing it on YouTube free, but unfortunately we wouldn't be around very long if we'd done that, so. <laughs> yeah. so. No. So, yeah, so, I mean, if people want to get a taste of what we do, we do have a YouTube channel where we put up content there every two weeks. Um, and you can see there's, again, there's, like, some videos about painting specific miniatures. But there's also ones where we talk about techniques and things. Like, um, our most popular video has been um, six things I wish I knew when I started painting. And that's kind of pointing out, like, um, early mistakes that people are likely to make and yeah. how you fix them and, you know, what to do about them. So we find people, like, rapidly increase their ability when they follow these things. But yeah, that's essentially what the um, the Painting Academy is. Brilliant. Brilliant. So, so stepping, stepping behind, behind the camera, the camera. Um, um, what goes what into the production of one of your painting tutorial videos? Like uh, you, you mentioned that you're currently scripting for a, a new uh, tutorial. Mm -hmm. So so talk us through how, how you get from that original concept right through to putting that video out there for your members slash YouTube viewers to see? Mm -hmm. Well, um, what we do is um, we keep quite a broad visual on the, the wargaming industry, what things are coming out, what's cool, what's popular, um, mm -hmm. what people struggle with. And we also have um, on the website, there's a contact area. And there's also a forum and we encourage people to um, use either to write what they'd like to see. And we collect this information and we kind of have it on a big, um, a big spreadsheet. <laughs> and what we do every month, we go through um, our schedule going down, make any adjustments we want to make to make sure we're on target with what we want to see. 
but we'll also use these requests and things to fill in the the form we'll put in things that we really like like um if roger sees a model that he thinks is awesome we'll put that in and that sort of thing of course um, and so what happens is when it comes close to the filming time um so in advance we'll make sure we get the miniature and everything um i will test any techniques that i want to work out to use on it and then i will create a script for how to paint the miniature and this is um, it's not a script and like a detailed word for word sort of thing. It's essentially a list of what I'm going to do and in what in what order. If there's any key points, I'll pick them out. And Roger takes this and uses it to, uses it to create a um, shot list of the different shots he wants to edit the video. Right. And um, then what we'll do is um, set up on a Monday and we'll film the video. And we have uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to film. Um, so we're actually much faster than we used to be on Rock Games Workshop. Um, because we're, we're you know we're, well, we're very practiced with it we pass the information on very quickly and stuff it's a bit awkward trying to be uh you know socially distanced and stuff but we've managed <laughs> yeah um but what we do then is um like rattle through the video and we find we can do really big complex things um very quickly because we're so focused on the thing here mm. so a big big miniature um for example tetlis it took us um three days to film him wow um, by comparison, when we did RK on a few years ago, it took us three weeks to film him. Um, well, he, so, he is the ever chosen, so sure. Well, it's, yeah, <laughs> attention he deserves. Um, so what we'll do is we'll film that. Um, Roger will take the footage and he'll start editing it together on Thursday, Friday. So he usually starts a bit earlier than that. Um, but as a part of that, he'll update the website, he'll upload the videos, and all this kind of stuff connects it all together. And yeah. We'll watch the video on Friday. Whilst he's doing that, I'm sourcing materials and preparing for the next video. Um, so we kind of um, essentially work together for three days a week. And then the other days, we're working separately on our parts of the business. Um, and this includes all the other stuff like administration, you know, yeah. um, customer service, email, social media, all that sort of stuff. So it's like spinning tons of plates. Oh, um, so that's the general about... process for how it works. Yeah, oh, I, I hear you. I, I'm the same with my business. It's just, uh, yeah, mm. there's always something to do, isn't there? There is always something to do. There is. Yeah. Um, but this is why um, I, I was I'm actually really glad at the moment that Roger's um, becoming more known because he's always been there in the background doing this sort of stuff. Mm. He's the fellow who trains me to present. And, um, you know, it was together we kind of honed it for what it is. Um, so it's it's nice that he's becoming more of a personality now. And, uh, you know, it's cool, actually. On the forum, you see, because he posts around there. And people are chatting to him about things. And he loves zombies. So if anyone ever posts about zombies, he's there. Like, oh, my God, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, he must be uh, quite taken with the new um, the zombies from the Cursed City uh, set that's come out. He is. Yes, yeah. he is. Oh, alas, we didn't manage to get a Cursed City. Oh, well. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we, one day. We were sort of like, oh, we could do guides for that. But then when we saw how quickly it came out, we were like, oh, we should probably yeah. do the normal zombies when they come out instead. So Yeah. 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 Get them on the get them on the return. It's all good. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I did have one follow-up question in relation to the production. Has there mm. you spoke about with Archeon, he took three weeks to shoot. Mm. Is is there a particular model in your memory going back over all of your tutorials that you've filmed over the years that has been a particularly difficult one to to film and and produce? Um hmm. <laughs> There have been difficult ones to do, yes. Um, okay. Because of the pace we have to work at these days, some of the miniatures have been quite tricky to fit into that. So tech right. there was a bit of pressure on getting them done in time. Yeah. Um, there was... Um, mm, mm, 
there's never been anything that's been like really difficult like everything's been on fire and things no. been like difficult so Motarian was a bit of a difficult one to do because we actually started filming him and then very shortly we've been filming him for a day yeah um, the project got stopped because we had to go on to necromunda instead oh. we had to produce a certain amount of content for the launch of necromunda yeah um, then after that we did a bit more on Motarian, and then we got stopped for something else which i can't remember what it was but it meant that Motarian took us about three months to put together even though the actual filming parts of him were very quick um so yeah that one was difficult because you would kind of forget where you were and trying to remember what you've been saying in previous stages and relating to that. So you might say, now you might make a mess at this stage, but don't worry about it. We're going to fix that later. Later on, you then need to say, okay, so remember that mess? Now we're going to address that. And you kind of forget connecting bits like that. So the quality of the overall narration of the video kind of goes down. So that was probably a very challenging one, I would think. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess on the flip side, is there one that's really stood out as being your favorite, if you had to choose one? Oh, uh, I really enjoyed doing a French fusilier for Napoleonic, because okay. uh, that was a personal ambition of mine to do a video on a Napoleonic figure, and you can't get much more Napoleonic than a French soldier. Um, no, you can't. Yeah. Um, I've, I've really enjoyed doing things that um, I think are really exciting and worth people's attention that they might not be aware of. So, for example, I, I really like the um, Elder Scrolls Call to Arms that Modiphius do. Um, so it's always a joy to paint some of the miniatures from that, because uh, they are lovely miniatures, and it's mm. To show them, so that's those ones I really like, and I, I get to, um, well, you know, I'm a real hobby butterfly, right? So there's loads yeah. of things that stand out to me. I get to paint quite a variety of things, and it gets to kind of scratch that itch if I'm interested in. Oh, I want to paint a Chaos Space Marine, or well, we can do a video on a Chaos Space Marine. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Now I can concentrate on what I'm supposed to be doing for my own army. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's that's one of the benefits is you get to tick off quite a few models from your um hobby bucket list as it were without actually having to go out and mm -hmm. splash the cash mm -hmm. for it really mm -hmm. absolutely yeah. <laughs> so earlier on you mentioned about um your forums and and the community that you're building through the academy i was just curious to know how important the hobby community is to the academy and and what do you see as your role in that community oh it's huge um it's a huge deal because it's the mm. it's the people out there are the reason I can afford to feed myself for this yep. rather bizarre job I've got. So um, really it's everything for these people who, who support us. Um, so with the Academy, we want to build a community where it's kind of encouraging people to learn and to feel like they can access the hobby because we have found over the years, there's lots of people who, um, uh, you know, things can get be gatekeeped from them to feel like they can really take part. So, you know, if there's, um, people there who paint really good models um they might feel intimidated getting their own figures out they're not very good by comparison or they can think mm. themselves, i'm never going to be able to achieve that that sort of thing and right. i don't mean it's like intentional of like haha your models are rubbish get off the table it's no like, never like that but at the same time i can still understand like if you're new at um say for example playing tennis right and you go yep. to the gym to play tennis with somebody if you're brand new to it not very good at it you'll feel embarrassed compared to all the people around you especially when people are watching so what we want to do is to address that kind of feeling and help people um, understand and believe that they can do these things if they want to learn them. Because, you know, it's not rocket science painting these pictures, um, but it still can be scary when you look at a model like Bellacor and he's what, 85 pounds? And you go, that's an yeah. amazing miniature. That's my favorite thing ever. I'd love to paint that, but I don't know how to paint it and I'd ruin it. So I'm not going to do that. Like, we want to help people go, yes, I can do that because they can. Um, yeah. So it's like helping them through it, essentially. And all, all this um, 
bizarre journey I've been on. <laughs> All of it's been because of a desire to do that, really. I mean, that's why I agreed to do the TV thing in the first place, because I wanted to help make the hobby accessible to people. Um, so, yeah, that, that's that's the the driving notion. And so the, um, the community want to build with the um, Academy site and the forums and by extension, all the different social medias and things are all designed around that kind of idea. So it's all about welcoming, encouraging, showing people what to do. And on the forum, actually, it's particularly cool seeing people doing that sort of stuff and taking initiative with it. Um, I had a member um, saying, it's really exciting that um, lockdown is going to be ending soon. Mm. Um, why don't we all try doing something to get ready for that? And so loads of members suddenly started doing a, essentially a tale of four gamers, but with loads of them. Um, of all picking a subject and going, my pledge is I'm going to paint this stuff by June, and they're all posting pictures of their progress. It's really, really cool to see. It's really fun. Like a, an oath of moment. Yeah, yeah, exactly like that. Exactly like yeah. that. Oh, um, that's really yeah. cool. So and... yeah, so that's kind of how I see our role in things. Um, just want to help people enjoy their hobby more. Oh, okay, no, it's it's really really cool because uh, yeah, there's a lot of um, a lot of the miniatures that, as you said. Um, whether it's studio painted or just painted by like a, a local uh, pro painter at a shop or, mm. or a staff member or wh whoever who's mm. got that talent. And it, it is inspiring to see those models being painted up that way. But then, mm. you know, a lot of beginner painters will get those, those nerves and, and, you know, say, well, I can't do that. And it's like, well, maybe you can't do that now, but you know, if you practice and build those skills and develop that confidence, yeah, yeah. you can get there. So absolutely. We, we particularly saw that with the Imperial Knight way back when Yeah, um, we knew people, even people working in games workshop who um, were looking at the Knights going, they're amazing, but uh, no, I'd ruin that. Not a problem. No, not, I'm just not even going to look at it. Yeah. But then they'd see the video. The first time we came out with the first, um, it was four parts. We painted a house Tyrannus Knight. And people watched it and went, that's easy. And suddenly, before you know it, they had armies of these knights. And that was like, I remember Roger and I kind of realizing we're onto something here. This is great. People are actually enjoying the hobby. And these are people around us. So who knows out there? And then we started getting messages from staff in retail stores. And one of them sent us a photograph of a receipt of one of his customers who was a regular who um, had come in after watching a Space Wolf Grey Hunter video. Right. And he said, yeah, I, I was too scared to do this. Just seen this video. I can do that. I want everything that's in that video. And he had screenshots of, you know, the, the list of paints required and stuff. He bought the lot. And yeah, the staff member was so taken aback by it. He took a photo of the receipt and sent it to us and was like, someone's just bought all of this stuff because of that video you guys did. And we were like, whoa, this is amazing. People are having a go. This is great. So that was really exciting. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I guess that, that leads on to the next question I was going to ask you was what response have you received from, um, you know, the, the wider hobby community, um, who, particularly those who have joined in the academy? Um, mm -hmm. and, and how does that feedback shape the content that you and Roger produce in your tutorials? Um, oh, it's, it's um, been quite incredible, really. I mean, the, so the, the first thing I suppose that really hit me um, recently was when... Um, I said publicly I was leaving Games Workshop and I mm. suddenly had um, so many people on Twitter going, ah! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to do now? Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, that was that took me by surprise. You could literally sit there looking at the um, the post and you could see the numbers going up like of people like liking it or whatever or, you know, like interacting and all this sort of stuff. That was, that was bizarre. Um, but, uh, yeah, so since we started... Um, people have been sending us emails and things. Um, we've been getting lots of pictures where people send take a photograph of what they've painted following the videos that we've done. And mm -hmm. 
oh, can you give me some more feedback? What can I do better? And that's been really fun interacting with them that way. Um, we've had people saying, you know, asking for certain things, and that's been fun. Um, the Empress Spears was an example of that just the other week. Um, we had loads of people in the forum asking for it. They loved it. <laughs> so that's cool. <laughs> um, so that's always been really nice. And um, we've had um, like just stories and people telling us things. So um, so I'm, I've got a, a, so I do reenactment, right? And a bunch of the guys. That's in the, right. Um, because they because they couldn't do any events last year, they all started yeah. doing wargaming. So I'm part of this big group who are all chatting about wargaming. And um, one of them suddenly points us at this thing on Reddit and um, people comparing me to Bob Ross on there and mm. discussing the academy. And so we just had a look at like, oh, what people are saying about this. So, you know, they, I suppose, if listening right now, yeah, we read it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we didn't post anything. We didn't tell anybody or anything like that. But people were discussing yeah. it. And there were some good bits of feedback of like, oh, these videos are a bit formulaic and stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, so we can take that on. Maybe we weren't a bit clear on, not clear enough on that thing. And, you know, maybe we missed that subject. And so we're making notes of this sort of thing. But we also had people saying, um, one of them, um, which actually really touched us, was saying that um, they've always wanted to learn how to do wet blending. Mm. And they've been trying, they've been watching all these videos. And they've been trying for years and years and years. They saw that we'd done a video on wet blending, so they signed up to the website, and within an hour they were doing it, and they were really happy with the results. So um, that's brilliant. Yeah, that was that was really um, really nice. Yeah, we were finding these technique videos. There's some like more complex techniques, like non-metallic metal, for example. We've done one on silver yeah. with that, and we'll do the whole technique in real time and point out things going wrong as they're going wrong, explain why they're going wrong, and show how to rectify it. So the whole thing's done as one long take. Um, and so if someone really wants to study it and see the process, then they can do that. So like with the wet blending one, um, you see at the early stages, it looks a bit murky and stuff, but we're like, this is how it's going to look because of this reason. This is now what you do. Um, so yeah, it's great to see people responding to that and being able to do what they want to do. So yeah, yeah, it, it's um, been quite incredible feedback. I, I feel truly blessed to be in the position that we're in where people um, want to interact with us because they like it and they like what we do. Um, and I just hope that, you know, when they do watch what we're doing, they feel like they can do that stuff and they take that and they do it <laughs> so they can, you know, enjoy themselves, really. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's all sounding really, really positive and, and, and empowering uh, mm -hmm. for those uh, painters out there who we said, yeah. you know, can well, get in, intimidated by techniques like wet blending or non-metallic metallics mm -hmm. and Yeah, it's nice to open that up for people. And another thing I, actually I thought was quite charming as well, since... Um, um, I've been saying in these, some of these videos, you know, Roger there behind the camera and he does this stuff and things. Yeah. Um, it's been really nice, I think, to see people going, like looking at the um, the edit of the video and like the narrative structure of it and to say, this is expertly put together. Roger must know what he's doing. And it's like, yes, he does know what he's doing. And now <laughs> everyone's realizing it. So that's great. So that makes me very happy. Yeah. There's, there's talent behind the camera as well. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, that's really good. Um, I guess the only other real question I have to ask you is what, what tips can you give to any aspiring miniature painters out there? Is there any advice or pearls of wisdom that you, and, and even if, if Roger's got any as well, um, that you can impart upon us mere mortals? <laughs> um, so for, <laughs> you're, you're too kind. Oh God, the world's a weird place these days. I find this pedestal I'm on very, very strange. <laughs> um, all right. Okay. So answer your question. Um, so uh, miniature painting isn't, um, it's not a difficult thing really once you understand a few fundamental concepts, which are um, being neat is really important. And you probably should be applying less paint than you think when you're beginning. 
Um, so that's when these uh, these um, memes that follow me around of two thin coats and thinny paints, right? Yes. Uh, these are fundamental parts of doing the process correctly because the reason why thinny paints is that the paint can be too thick out of the pot, and it's not always. Yeah. But you'll find as the paint ages, it gets thicker, and um, so. What you want to do is understand what the sweet spot for that particular paint is and you'll get that with experience and you want to be able to learn to bring the paint to that point so when you apply it on the miniature it goes on smoothly and so you don't clog detail um and to avoid that what you do is put that first coat on it'll be translucent by just the nature of what it is you apply the second coat and that won't be and you'll suddenly have a nice smooth finish that area of color that you want to do so if you can just block in base colors like that and do it neatly you know without going over the lines and things and just coloring yep. the model that way you'll get a great looking miniature and it's from that point on that you can take it further by applying washers to give definition to things. And then after that, move on to highlighting the miniature and that really brings it to life. So yeah, those are kind of the core things to master. I would also recommend, um, it's great looking at other people's work and being inspired by it, but mm. you've got to be careful not to let yourself get intimidated by it. Um, you should always compare yourself to how you were and where you're going, you know, how you are improving as an individual rather than yeah. looking at um, these top tier incredible paint jobs and going, oh, I'm never going to do that. Because if you sort of, if you believe the aspect that you can never do that, then you never will. But if you keep working on yourself and keep getting better every day, then you can reach that point. Um, so yeah, anyone can do it. I firmly believe anyone can do this kind of stuff. Um, it just takes a little bit of practice and keep an open mind to understand those basics. And then you can really go places with it. Yeah, that's sound advice, and I'm sure um, many people are, <laughs> are glad to sort of know that that it's it's not as you said, it's not rocket science to mm. to get into painting, um, and it's yeah, just going um, comparing against your own personal bests, and um, as I always say to uh, people, some of the people that follow me on social media and whatnot, it's just that you know, you're only as good as your last model that you painted. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, there's always something new to learn. I mean, yeah. I'm learning new stuff all the time. I'm trying new things all the time. Exactly. And if you if you ever think to yourself, yes, I've mastered this and there's nothing else for me now, then you're, you're very wrong. There's always something new. There's always learning opportunities in this hobby, which is one of the great things about it. Absolutely. Yeah. So where can the listeners go to get any more information about the Duncan Rhodes Painting Academy? Is there, there's obviously, you said, social media and mm -hmm. um, your YouTube channel. Um, have mm -hmm. you got any of that information that we can throw at the listeners there? Um, certainly. Well, the best place to go would be to go to DuncanRhodes.com. And let me say, by the way, it wasn't my idea to call it Duncan Rhodes Painting Academy. That was Roger's idea. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to call it something else entirely, but... Um... Roger pointed out that people know my name and know what they're going to get with my name on it. So um, I think that was wise in hindsight, um, even if it feels really weird to say go to DuncanRoads.com. But anyway, uh, that's our website. Um, so on there is, as I said, it's a membership website so that we can um, feed ourselves. It's $3.99 a month for which you get access to the full site, which includes well over 100 videos now covering all sorts of different topics. Most of it's Warhammer 40,000 models because they're so popular, but there's also lots of other stuff like Age of Sigmar, other fantasy games, other sci-fi games like Star Wars Legion, for example. Mm -hmm. Ice and Fire's on there too. Um, there's also historical miniatures, there's World War II miniatures, um, which we've got as our own section because there's so many people into World War II compared to general historicals. Um, there's also the forum, there's a full image gallery where you can see all the miniatures we've painted videos for in detail, so you can study them to see what bits we've done how. Um, so you get access to all of that, there's no tiers or anything like that, and it's, uh, it's done on a monthly basis. Um, so yeah, they're welcome to check that out. 
If you want to see um, some of these videos um, before any of that, then we have a YouTube channel, which is Duncan Rhodes Painting Academy, which we update um, every two weeks, though, because it's Bellacore next week, then we might be skipping a week. But anyway, there's loads of videos there. Yeah. Um, you can see what kind of stuff that we do. Um, we also have an Instagram, which is my Instagram, Duncan J. Rhodes, um, where I post uh, videos that we've done and also other random hobby projects I'm doing and things we've seen and stuff like that. Um, we have Twitter, um, although the best way to get in touch with us is through Instagram or the YouTube channel. But uh, yeah, there's Twitter, which is um, it's Duncan J. Rhodes again, I believe. No, it's at Tooth and Coach. That's what it was. Um, and <laughs> yeah, so these are the various different ways of getting in touch with us. We also have a Facebook page, which again is Duncan Rhodes Painting Academy. But um, if anyone does want to ask us specific questions, then the best way to do so is to go to DuncanRhodes.com, hit the contact us section, and you can fill in an email and send it to us, and we will respond to you. And you're also contactable via Raven, I hear. Oh, rumor has it. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I opened the window to let it in, but <laughs> there's well, loads of ways to get in touch with us. People yeah. are welcome to use any of those. We do our best to talk to everybody, but there are a lot of people out there. So. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just the constant stream of, of fan mail coming in, is it? <laughs> um, something like that. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, Duncan, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show and talking to us about uh, the Painting Academy and miniature painting as a hobby in general um you know it's it's just great to pick your brain and and hear about your own personal take on on how to approach miniature painting and and the hobby in general too no oh, thanks very much it's been a pleasure and it's always nice to um talk about cool models and games and stuff like that with people and also to say to the community again thank you for supporting us all right thank you to you and roger for producing such awesome content and uh, best luck to both of you Thank you very much. And that was Duncan Rhodes from the Duncan Rhodes Painting Academy. If you'd like to learn more about the Painting Academy, I've put the links Duncan mentioned in the interview for its social media, website, and contacts in the episode description below. So please do check those out. Well, that's all I have for you on this episode of Brushing Up. But until next time, keep on hobbying. You've been listening to Brushing Up a miniature painting and tabletop gaming podcast. If you have enjoyed the show, why not follow us on Facebook? Facebook.com forward slash Quartermaster Miniature Building Painting. And on Instagram, Instagram.com forward slash Quartermaster Studios. To find out more about Quartermaster Studios commission painting services, please visit QuartermasterStudios.com. Brushing Up is a Quartermaster Studios production with music supplied by bensound.com.